for the quitters. Game quitters. Listen up, quitters. Game quitters. It's the Game Quitters Podcast with Camadere and Jason Wellwood. On today's show, we take a bit of a detour to stop by the Deep Dive Podcast with Adam Roa. And now, straight from the Deep Dive HQ, your host, Camadere. Maybe sixteen to seventeen. I I played like uh, I'd say I probably played too many video games. I own I own maybe I don't know three thousand thirty five hundred and just video game memorabilia or not memorabilia but video game products uh, alone. And uh, I guess the lucky break for me is they stopped releasing games that I liked. Uh, so I just <laughs> I was like screw this whatever. Um, you know. So I guess it wasn't a real problem for me. But uh, I, I definitely see um, the thing with your site is like I, I definitely see there. You, you find so many kids, uh, especially when you work in like a creative field. You get so many kids messaging on tweet, uh, Twitter like, oh hey hey how do I how do I become a better artist or how do I become a better whatever? And you go down their feed and it's all like oh I'm playing Steam 15 hours a day. I'm having a big fun time. You know and. It, it's like that. That's the number one thing I tell people who want to aspire for any goal is you got to put that controller down because that's like that's just generationally that's like the thing that's one of the big things that hold people back is um, because it's this it's this active it's this thing that actively takes up your time. It's not like being a music junkie where you can put on a song and it goes off in the background. Video game requires your you know the first I guess. Um, you know, it, it requires the the primary p- portion of your attention. So it's, I guess that's where it's a little different here. Or like even movies. Like if somebody watches movies or sports all day, like they usually like put it off in the back. They like I, at least that's what I did a lot. But um, for sure. And I think that sometimes the argument is like, well, you know, I play video games because it's fun, and you know that's cool. And you know, if you want to do that, go ahead and do that. I'm not going to tell you what to do. But at the end of the day. There are a lot of people who have gamed for years and years and years, and, you know, what have you really got out of it other than you've just been entertained? You know, and if you applied those same years into other skills like photography or filmmaking or something creative, you know, starting your own business, I just have to imagine that the return on that time and and energy and money and just the the immersive side of it of just focus you'd be a lot further ahead and yeah. you know that's not the most popular opinion you know and I certainly am not against gaming if you want to game go ahead and game but I do think that there is this conversation game. around you know like what's the real value in it over time yeah no there it's uh, a lot, a lot of you know, a lot of people would argue, well, well, well having fun is is enough for me, and it, it's like it gets to a point where you know we're dealing with this, like I guess, or, or I, I don't know how media driven this epidemic is, but it, it's we're we're dealing with uh, so many people who are, and we'll get to the statistics of this later. How how has as gaming has increased, uh, the employment rate in in males ages eighteen to twenty five has declined. Uh, hmm. it, it, it was some statistic like that. Well, anyway, we'll get to that later. I'm sure you have far more documentation on that than I do. Um, uh, so, I mean, uh, some of the research I did for this was you were on a, you, you did a couple TED Talks. I watched, uh, I think I watched one of them. Um, and basically, uh, and again, this was something that you once struggled with yourself. And uh, it was the story where um, uh, you, you, for, you, you pretended to have a job and uh, you would play video game, you would play video games all night. 
And then you would, um, you know, you uh, you get your dad to drive you to the quote unquote job location. And what you would do is like wait around for like 10 minutes, smoke a cigarette. I don't know, whatever. And you would like then you would proceed to take the bus back home to either sleep or play more video games. Uh, and, and so was that a one time thing or, or how long was that going on for? Yeah, so that strategy was very effective for a few weeks, right? Because few then weeks. eventually <laughs> people, are, people are like, yo, where's, where's the paycheck, right? Yeah. Like if, if you're mm. pretending to have a job, you know, there becomes evidence that maybe you're not actually doing that. Mm-hmm. And so that worked for a couple of weeks. And then I was like, all right, I need to pretend to like get fired or quit or whatever. Because <laughs> the strategy was all around like wearing my parents down. Like, just the more shit they had to deal with, eventually they'd just be like, ah, oh, fuck it. Like, this just isn't worth worth our energy, right? Yeah. And so then the next job I got was actually at an internet cafe where I would game all night while they thought I was working. And then I'd come home in the morning after my quote-unquote shift ended, just sleep all day and rinse and repeat. And again, that worked for a couple of weeks, and then I just kind of said I quit or got fired or whatever. And then by that point, they were kind of like, we've been dealing with a lot of shit for a long time with you. And like, figure your stuff out. Was there? Um, I, 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 how old were you when that was going on? I was like eighteen. Okay. 18. So, so uh, they were saying, uh, figure shit out or else. Like, what were what were the consequences that uh, your parents were presenting to you? You know, there weren't a lot, and <laughs> I, I think obviously that's definitely part of the problem, somewhat. But I also have so much empathy and, and understanding from talking to so many parents that like. Just kicking your kid out of the house, even if that's, you know, the right call, that's fucking hard to do. Right. It's not super easy. It's it's easy when that's not your kid. Right. To be like, oh, just kick him out. It's it's similar when, you know, some someone goes through a breakup, right? And like as a friend, you have no attachment to it at all, no emotional investment. So it's very easy for you to be objective. But yeah, for your friend, it's like he might not be paying attention to, to anything because he's so emotional about it, right? So I think the same thing happens with parents. It's really hard, even if that's the answer. And at the same point, you know, based on what I see, I don't think it's always, like, morally the right thing to do either to just kick your kid out because, like, that kid could actually end up on the street. Well, I mean, uh, I hear a lot of circumstances with that, too. I also know kids who are homeless by choice. Um, now, the uh, which is very interesting, because if you're homeless by choice, uh, homeless people, like real homeless people are actually very territorial and they'll kick the shit out of you if they like see that you're pretending to be homeless. But uh, uh, I, I guess that's how uh, that's how the policing keeps itself in check. You don't need cops for that scenario. But um, I guess uh, how would I put it? I mean, the thing I notice is like uh, there's there's a huge uh, like millennial epidemic where millennials are getting lazy and less independent and, and, and things like that. And and sort of like you were saying, I, I, I feel like it's not so much like the people. It's well, while part of it is technology. I believe that also the parents are getting worse. <laughs> you know, the parents born in the 70s or 80s, they're also sort of not uh, being the best themselves because it's like the i guess the motivational tactics or just or just you know the the grit of it all it's like it's not as it's not as firm as it was you know maybe uh you know for parents born in the 30s or 40s you know so it's um i I don't know it's weird uh my dad had a theory where um uh 
a hardworking, hardworking people skip a generation where it's, um, you know, you have the hard parents and then uh, the children of those hard parents. They're the easy parents. And then the kids who had it easy, they're the hard parents on the next generation. And the cycle just repeats and repeats and repeats. At what point at what point did the mogul in you uh, or, or whatever the term is, at what point did you think, OK, I got to branch out, help out or I got to make some money off this. I, I've, I've cracked the code. <laughs> yeah. I had a different business before, which was around personal development. Uh, that worked for five years, and then I decided to split from my business partner and basically took two years off and just traveled and, um, yeah, tried to, to learn more about myself and learn what I wanted to do next. And what I've always wanted is to have a business where I'm able to make a difference and also have it be sustainable through its own structure. So that, you know, that first business must have been pretty good if you are able to travel for a couple of years, right? It did pretty well. I mean, we had a really interesting program in a very um, underserved community, which was in my hometown back in Canada. And, you know, we we did some cool stuff. It was fun. And when I started that, I was a 20-year-old kid without a high school diploma or university degree, and I had absolutely no idea what I was doing at all. You dropped out of high school to play more video games? Yep, that's right. Okay. And... We started that business and we made a good run of it, and eventually it came to its course. Um, right. But Game Quarters over that time, over that four year span, was just kind of like always in front of me. And eventually I kind of started to feel like an asshole that if I didn't actually do something about this, like no one was ever going to do something about it. I say around January 2015, I think. Okay. I think the website officially went up like August 10th because I had this interview on TV Asia, which was super random. Yeah. And I didn't want to go on the show and not have a domain name. So I think I bought GameQuiz.com and put like, like just an email sign-up box on it uh, just for the TV thing. But So it all goes in and running, running the ship tightly. Uh, the one thing that I've noticed, and I don't know if you have any research backing this, um, is uh, the one thing I've noticed which has gone into people sitting around playing video games, getting lost in video games. Because uh, about, um, about three days ago, uh, a guy that we have on the show sometimes, um, not like a not an interview, but uh, just like a guy who helps out. Um, I, I was talking to him and uh, I was like, hey, uh, I was like, hey, you want to watch a movie? And he said, uh, oh, no, I'm, uh, I'm going to bed in uh, 30 minutes. And so uh, I'm sitting in the Skype call and two hours later, uh, I, he's still there. And all I hear are the little, uh, you know, all I hear are the little uh, controller flicks. Like, that's all I'm hearing. So it's like, I've sort of noticed that games sort of lock people in and make them lose track of time. And I feel like a part of this is, you know, that wasn't really possible with with Galaga or Super Mario Bros. or, you know, any of those, like, old 2D games. Um, But something like Grand Theft Auto, World of Warcraft, uh, you know, these things that are intended time wasters. uh, Have you noticed that, um, do you feel that the fact that the technology has progressed and games are way better than they used to be is a big thing going into why so many people have these addictions? Absolutely. I mean, it definitely plays a role. Games don't end. You can play the same game for 15 years, and at that point, it just becomes nostalgic. It's it's a core piece of your identity. It's just what you've always done. Right. You know, and on top of that, games are now designed where they know exactly how to keep your attention and you know the exact science behind it all. They have behavioral psychologists on staff at these gaming companies. So, I mean, it's all designed, of course. And I don't think that there's necessarily... I'm not going to take a huge stance of, of saying that that's like unethical or, or it's, you know, the wrong thing to do. Right. Uh, I won't go that far, but I think that we need to pay attention to it. And I think that we just individually, when we're gaming, we need to understand that that is an aspect of what's going on. And earlier you kind of brought up the example of how people play because games are fun. 
And for me, I always like to ask the question of like, are you having fun or are you happy? Are you having fun or are you just stimulated and games are so immersive that like <laughs> yeah, your brain, your yeah. brain likes games, but do you like games, right? Like, do you really, when you walk away from a gaming session, do you really walk away feeling like, wow, that was literally like the best thing ever? And where you, or do you walk away and you're like, wow, I feel like a zombie right now. Right. Yeah, and, like, and there's a difference there. <laughs> Yeah, I know a ton of people who like you know all they do is play League of Legends all day or whatever, and like every time <laughs> they go into it pissed off, and then they come out pissed off, and it's like, dude, what are you even doing? Man? Yeah, well, no, yeah, I've, I've definitely noticed this. Uh, where it, it really is all people have, and it's not that it makes them happy. It's just they don't know anything else because gaming, mm -hmm. because of the media, gaming is sort of this accepted. It, it's this more accepted thing, and so what you see a lot of the time is people are into gaming less so because they like the games or they're passionate about the games and much more so because it's an easy inlet to social interaction and being accepted by a community um and you know because like like i i, I uh, there was this uh, convention called uh called mag fest music and gaming fest and mm -hmm. uh th there is um what is it there, there was a uh, I would see tweets of people being like, man, all these people are here, but they don't like video games. And I'm like, well, yeah, because they go there because it's like, it's just really e like, you know, I, I don't know too many gamers who are like, um, uh, what do I put it? I don't know too many gamers who are selective with the people they hang out with unless it's like, oh, they don't know anything about video games, you know? So it, it's, it's, um, it, it's a very sort of easy uh, social inlet. But uh, I, I guess... I mean, what kind of, I mean, we're talking about games, uh, the newer ones, the more immersive ones. So, you know, there's a question of, of gaming affecting uh, motivation and empathy and things of this nature. And I, I was wondering, um, do you have any, uh, are there any uh, studies or statistics that come to mind to back the fact that, you know, to back this thing of, of gaming killing your motivation and, and, and so on and so forth? So we follow a lot of the research that comes out of the porn addiction community, okay. especially around how porn and, and gaming and these types of immersive activities impact the brain. And so what we ultimately recommend is a 90-day detox, and we do that because of the actual impact that hyperstimulation or supernormal stimuli has on your brain and the fact that your brain gets used to that. And when you're gaming and you're fully immersed, real life isn't in the same way. Right? And so that difference is actually impacting the experience you have of real life. Uh, so there's research that shows that there are three main structural changes that happen to your brain from an overexposure to this type of stimulation. And the first is numbed pleasure response, which means that everyday pleasures no longer really satisfy you. Everything else is kind of boring. Uh, the second is hyper-reactivity to gaming, which means that you know gaming is really exciting and everything else is boring, and, and the contrast between the two is, is what you're kind of experiencing. So if you're justifying gaming because you know uh, everything else is boring, you know, it's not because everything else in life is boring. It's because your brain is used to that type of stimulation. And the third is willpower erosion, which happens due to free uh, changes to your prefrontal cortex. So gaming can impact your motivation, but it's because it's such an intense experience that real life, you don't have the same type of uh, sustainability in that. Right. Okay. I mean, that's, that, that, that definitely makes sense to me. And I, I've seen real life examples where things that you've alluded to, uh, 
I definitely see that manifested itself in, in real world examples uh, with just sure. people I interact with. Definitely. You're also training your brain to be focused on instant gratification, right? Oh, uh, yeah, wanna, definitely. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. when you want a game, you just turn it on and you game and, you know, you're seeing all these rewards and all this stuff and, like, yeah, you get it instantly. In real life, that's not how it works. Delayed gratification is scientifically proven through study after study that people are more successful when they focus more on delayed gratification. In life, things take time. And if you're just used to instant gratification all the time, you're going to have a really hard time persevering even just a little bit in life to actually be able to get something done. You know, so I think that's also a big part of the conversation. No, yeah, I think about uh, when you say stuff like that, I think about um, a lot of the tycoon games, like Roller Coaster Tycoon is the one probably everyone's seen or played. But uh, I think about a, a game that came out called uh, uh, Game Dev Tycoon. Uh, in that, um, it's, you know, it's just a game where you're, you're some, you know, guy in a, you're some guy in like a garage and you're making video games and all this. And I, I was, I, I played like the demo of it and, you know, within an hour, you've gone from the guy in the garage to now you're able to have your own office. And, you know, when you, you know, you, when you drop a game, like you're able to research all this technology and make this money and get sales and all the, you know, all these things. And I just think to myself, like, just, just so I've gone from my garage to my own office in an hour. In the real world, that's that's like a that's at least like a five year progress, you know. So it, it's uh it, yeah no the, the the contrast is definitely there, and it's um you know the, the I, I run into so many like. We, we were uh, yesterday I was talking to a guy who was a uh, uh, he, he like started a, a video project back in like December and it's like this really stupid simple video and uh, everyone wants him to finish it because a lot of people uh, helped him out with it I personally got some people to help him out with it and uh, for the last like for the last six months he's completely put it off and just last night we were like hey uh, you know hey get that done and two minutes later we see he boots up a game of Dota 2 and, and we're calling him <laughs> out we're like we're like hey man like what are you doing you're supposed to be working on that video bub and uh he's like i don't want to talk about it he just like leaves the call <laughs> you know <laughs> and it's uh, would you say that that is like true video game addiction like is would you say that's like a prime example of it well i think that that certainly shows you know problematic use at least okay um and part of it's just a denial right what, like, what do you think of people all right put it this way this is a question that's burning what do you think of people who they have a job but, you know, they have other goals and other, you know, career things. And rather than working on those after work, they just go home and play video games and their excuses. Oh, well, I'm tired after work. Like, what is what's the what's your philosophy with that? Dream bigger. Yeah, no. OK. <laughs> I mean, for here's here's how it worked for me. I started to think about what I wanted and and what that could be. And so at the time, I was working a job at H&M, and having to call in sick for work sucked, and having to ask for permission to take the weekend off sucked. And so I was like, I want to work for myself, right? Like, I want to have the freedom and flexibility to do whatever I wanted. So that was also coming from my values, right? And so I knew that in order to do that, I'd have to be my own boss. I had no idea at all about business, how to start a business. I had no business idea, none of it. But I knew I wanted to work for myself. And so that gave me some initial direction to start asking questions. How do you start your own business and, like, eventually put it into action, right? And so eventually that ended up turning into I want to move to California. You know, I was living in cold Canada, freezing my ass off for half the year. And I wanted to move to California so I could go surf every day, right? And so I had to learn, like, the visa process and all of that and that turned into a project, right? So I think you first want to think about, you know, what are your values? What do you want? What do you really care about? And then 
if you could actually do it, like what would you actually try and pursue? What's something you want? What's a goal that you can pursue? Start there and then use that as you make progress on it to kind of help you think a bit bigger. You know, what, what do you really want? And, and then create another project and, and allow that to evolve over time. Yeah, because it's like that's that's what I hear so much. It's like, oh no, I just I just don't feel like it. I'm drained after work. You know, I was I was at Tesla. I get it, yeah. I get it. But like, man, like, okay, do you like it? And if not, great, fucking change it. Like, yeah, no. I just I I feel um, I get it. You know, and and I'm I'm not trying to hate on it, but I'm just like, man. I don't think that people know actually how much potential they have if they actually apply themselves at all yeah. in the direction of actually trying to achieve that yeah. instead of just like, great, you're wasting your entire life stimulated, entertained, watching YouTube videos or whatever, and you're not actually creating anything. And you're going to look back on that and be like, what the fuck was I doing? And we all know that. Like, yeah, it's not like it's a secret. And so all I try to be at least is, is an example of what's possible when you do choose to step in and, and go for it. And it's super hard. It's super challenging. I'm still barely keeping my head above water every single day. You know, it's, it's not easy, but it's rewarding, you know, and it's um, like, what else are you going to do? You know, how long are you really going to just sit back and do nothing after working a job that you're not even that stoked to go to? Like, let's, let's start having more ambition than that. There was a study that involves, um, and we brought it up earlier, how there was some relation to game popularity increasing and, um, you know, males in their 20s employment decreasing. Uh, have you have you seen this study uh, or uh, do you have any thoughts on the study? I see it every single day in our community. Okay. The <laughs> biggest demographic that we have in our entire community is a college student or a failing college student, you know, someone who's male, 23 years old, that's like the largest section of our community. And, you know, now we're seeing it in, in research on the actual unemployment. Now I, I think that, you know, I just, I want to acknowledge cause I know it's a bit controversial that study that of course there's other factors at play. Like it's not like automation's not impacting the economy or wages or whatever. Like there's a lot yeah. of aspects that are impacting the economy. And I also think that, we can also acknowledge that there are a lot of guys and you know, I'd be happy to introduce you to a couple tens of thousands of them that are struggling in school, failing out of college. And where do they go after that? They go live with their parents and they sit in their basement and they play video games because video games are a safe place where people can fail. Like you can go try and be the boss. And when you lose, what do you do? You press restart, you try again. It's like not a big deal. It's dirt off your shoulder in life. You apply for a job, you get rejected, that shit hurts, right? And I'm not saying it, it has to hurt, but if that's where you're at, it hurts, and that discourages you from trying again. And, you know, you don't even have to believe me. Just go read the journals of these guys, right? Go on the Game Quarters forum, open up journals, and just read what they have to say. And that's what I love about the community is it's reflected in their own words, their own language, their own experience. And Right. Especially when it comes to the job front. So many times, I've seen this a million times. And I don't know if, you, if you've seen this or you have settled, you yourself have done this, you know, when you were like 17. But I've seen so many kids who play video games all day. That's all they do. That's their whole life. And uh, you ask them, oh, like, hey, what are you going to like do for a living, bud? And uh, they're like, oh, I'm going to develop games. And I'm like, you know, I, everybody can have a dream, you know, whatever it is. But it's like, it, it's ironic that 
gaming kills your motivation and game development is something where you need tons of motivation. <laughs> so it, it's, it, it, I, I don't, again, the majority of the people who have said, oh, I want to be a, a game designer. That's why I play so many video games. I'm researching, like they try to justify it. <laughs> and it, it, it's like, you know, that ain't gonna work out. Um, but uh, have you ever met someone who is literally just, I want to play video games for the rest of my life and live with my parents? Have you met someone who has literally verbally articulated that? Because I have. For sure. And I can't blame them. That sounds kind of sweet, right? Uh, but it <laughs> also, really. Go like, ahead. Sorry. Is, that, is that really, like, the best you can do? You know? And, and I think that that's comfortable. That's really easy. And I think that's the easy way out. And I think that ultimately a lot of people have different things that they want to do, but they're not even allowing themselves to even think about that because they're scared. And they know that they actually would have to put themselves on the line and face their ego and not just be able to sit back and think, oh, I have all this potential. I could be something great, but I'm never going to actually try. So, I mean, I meet people who don't really have ambition, and I think it's weird. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I think if people truly understood what they could actually accomplish if they really tried and kept at it consistently, you know, a lot of people would be taking us up on that offer. Um, so I think, you know, if, if you don't really know exactly what you want to do right now, just start with something small or start with a random challenge. I think at one point I ran a half marathon. I don't even really care that much about running, but having that project gave me something to focus on. And then after that, it opened my eyes to like, cool, what could I do next? You know, and so traveling to a foreign country became that, you know, I'm, I'm about to fly next month to Portugal, never been there before. And I just decided to go. And there's certain things I want to do when I'm there, like have my own Airbnb and be able to go surf and whatever. But like, it's just a challenge. Just go to a different country and, and experience that. Uh, I fundraised for trips to Tanzania to build clean water wells. And, you know, okay, here's $3,000 you got to raise to try to figure that out. So just challenge yourself. Find, find random things. Fundraise. Uh, do a physical challenge. Just get into that mode of, of setting goals and, and pursuing them. And then as you develop that confidence you'll start to open your perspective on like, cool, what if I actually created the mission myself or, or what is something I really want to do and go do it. There's people who will just sit and do things like pessimistically watch E3. And so it's like, <laughs> you, you think about, yeah. stuff, it's like, like that, that that's real. Like, like every year they're like, oh my God, E3's coming on. I can't wait. And they just complain about everything. And it's like, you know, maybe, maybe that's a challenge in your, you know, maybe that's a challenge you can set for yourself. If you feel that every video game that's coming out is bad, you know, maybe, maybe then think about, okay, how, what do I not like about this? How could I, um, you know, how could I make, uh, how, maybe I should look into making my own video game or something like that. You know, not, not a triple A game, but, you know, making like a small, little game that you can put out to people or um or, or cam do you feel that uh do you feel that uh video game journalism starting a video game journalistic uh site do you feel like that's good or do you feel like that's just going to lead to more addiction anything that gets you actually taking action and being a creator and not a consumer is a positive step in the right direction in my opinion okay well there it is uh there's this big justification that i hear um from uh, put it this way, not the best people. Uh, I, I hear that people say that, uh, oh, well, you know, I, I tell people, you know, you're not going to make any money doing that. Like, like it's, it's a waste of time to just sit there and play video games all day, go out and make them or something. And uh, I get the answer of eSports. Uh, that's a huge, huge cop-out, like, you know, justification. And um, uh, what, what's, your, uh, what's your take on uh, people who, saying, who are saying that they're training to be eSports uh, athletes? I think that a lot of people are 
um, hilariously misguided at what that actually <laughs> takes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, and, and, <clears throat> sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, and, you know, I'll never be someone that will tell someone to not pursue their dream. You know, I, I played hockey for 15 years. I pursued that as intensely as, as one could do, you know, the, the whole, whole thing. And I also know that I didn't even come close, you know, to making it like not even close. And I had sports psychologists. I had personal trainers. I left school every day at lunch hour to go train. I had two days, like we did the whole thing and still not even close. And so, you know, I, I think a lot of people are gaming all day long and they think that to be a pro gamer, you have to just game and game and game, but it actually has a lot more to do with just peak performance. So, you know, what's your exercise regime like, you know, what's your diet like, what are your mindsets like, what's your, you know, just general life like. And if you're not able to kill it in all those areas, then you're probably not even going to come close to being a pro gamer because there's a lot more to it than just gaming and gaming and gaming. Yeah, no, the, um, and also with, uh, with esports, um, I, I think you mentioned, uh, the percentage wise, not not uh, raw numbers wise, but percentage wise, you said that the amount of people trying to do it and the number of jobs for it are are it's a smaller percentage than any other professional sport one could uh, th- that one could pursue. Was it something like that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, just look at you know the the amount of competition, the number of kids, the number of the age ranges, the uh, global fact that you know gaming is all over the world. And you look at the number of spots available to be a pro gamer, the difference between that that and the number of spots available in, say, the NBA or professional basketball and the number of people trying to make it, I think those numbers are very, very different. And I believe you have a less chance of being a pro gamer than any of those. And so I, I think that, you know, again, I won't say don't pursue it, but understand what the reality is. And if... You know, I, I think if I wasn't gaming all summer long and I was actually training and, you know, playing hockey still and, you know, trying to improve, I would have had a much better chance than getting high all summer playing video games and, you know, not training at all. Right. So right. if you want to be a pro gamer, like I want to see your calendar. I want to see like what you're really putting into that and, and how focused you are on it. Or are you just using it as an excuse to game all day long uh, because you don't actually have to put yourself on the line? I don't know yeah. if you've done the research on this, but uh, is there? Um, do you know if uh, is esports exclusively prize money, or are they on salary or guaranteed contract? I think there's usually a mix mix of all of it. Uh, but at the end of the day, some people are making you know, money, right? And and that's yeah. the example that people always give me. They're like, "Well, there's this one person making a million dollars a year playing video games," and you're like. Okay, so you, can't, you. <laughs> you, you, you can't, like they're always like wait people make millions of dollars playing video games and it's like yeah but how many people like a handful of people or like thousands of them well like, well the thing is is that uh <laughs> and we were talking we were talking to a guy who plays like dota 2 all day and he was saying yeah. that um he was saying that uh oh they win a million dollars and i'm like mm-hmm. yeah after taxes that's like four hundred thousand. like you know well, it, and tournaments are only so often so that might have been a million dollars or whatever you know that one time but it's not like they're getting that weekly or whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. these tournaments don't happen all the time and, and they don't always win, right? So yeah. it, it there's more to the conversation. I'm sure there are a bunch of people who are pro gamers and they're making good money in all of it, just like there are some YouTubers. And I also understand, because I have a YouTube channel, that, I, that in like three years I've made about $115. <laughs> and right. it's not like me having a YouTube channel automatically means that I have 
one that's making me a lot of money. Just oh, like yeah. if you're not a pro gamer, that doesn't mean that you're one of them making a lot of money either. Well, one thing that I've noticed is, uh, and I don't know if you have, I don't know if you if if you're even. Uh, I guess judgmental enough to think this. I I, I definitely am, but uh, uh, I've noticed that in the last few years, uh, you know, nerd culture has been this like huge thing. You know, you walk into Spencer's Gifts and they have thick rim glasses and you know all this stuff. And it, it, it's uh, how do I put it? Do you feel like a, a chunk of that has given a lot of these guys validation to continue doing it? To think that it's normal to play tons of video games when you know you get like a fifteen-year-old girl who says she's a gamer because she plays Angry Birds. Yeah, I think that uh, obviously pop culture has has an influence on you know making it more accept- acceptable. But you know, I also think that uh, that also happens when all of your friends play. And just the number of kids who play video games now is like just all of them, right? So like when everyone's doing it, it's not even, you're not even gaming because you want to game. You're gaming because that's how you and your friends hang out after school. Yeah. And then that's what you've always done. And then you get to college and you're like, shit, I don't even know how to study, right? I don't even know how to not play video games. And school kind of sucks and I feel stressed. And so I might as well just go and game because that's going to somehow magically solve all of my problems. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've I've seen that. Yeah, Cam. Uh, so far, this has been uh, one of our best interviews yet. Uh, are there any final closing words that you have for the people at home? Dream bigger and add me on Instagram at Cameron there. For full-length episodes of the Game Quitters podcast, be sure to check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash gamequitters. Or visit us online at www.gamequitters.com.